chapter five of recollections of a missionary in the great west by cyrus townsend brady this librivox recording is in the public domain the physical weakling has no place in the missionary work in the west the distances to be covered are so great the number of places necessary allotted to one man so many the means of transportation so varied and unpleasant the demands upon strength and bodily vigour so overwhelming that it is no easy matter for the strongest to live up to the requirements i had just been holding a parochial mission what most people would call a revival though with many of the distinguishing features of a revival omitted in a certain little town there had been three or four services a day for a week with a crowded church every night naturally the work was exhausting at the end of the week i was tired but imperious necessity compelled me to undertake the following journey at the close of the mission at half after nine o'clock on sunday night on the first of january the weather being clear and intensely cold i drove in company with another man twenty-two miles to catch a train on the memphis road we arrived at the little way station at half past one in the morning it was shut up and deserted and the town was a mile away we first blanketed our shivering horses and then set about making ourselves comfortable we broke into the station through the window smashed up a packing-box carried lumps of coal with our hands from a coal car outside drenched the whole with oil from the lamp and with great difficulty made a fire in the stove after partaking of our frugal lunch my companion started on his return trip leaving me alone in the station for a long time when the train which was two hours late came along i hunted up a lantern and flagged it when i entered the coach i saw that the baker heater was in the wrong end of it and the car was like an ice-house there were several women and children whom the male passengers had made comfortable with their overcoats who were crowded up close to the heater in the rear end the men kept themselves alive by walking up and down the aisle in a long line i joined the procession we reached kansas city very late i had only time to connect with another train had no breakfast except peanuts i have made a meal of peanuts bought from the train boy many and many a time in my experiences and have been thankful to get them i reached my destination about one o'clock had services with sermon and a meeting of the women's guild in the afternoon services and sermon again with baptism and a public reception at night i retired at eleven thirty p m and rose at two thirty in the morning to take another train which i never left until six o'clock the next evening after services a sermon and a baptism that night i was thoroughly done up here is the record of two weeks by no means unique taken from my journal and be it noted that at every place where we had services there was of course a sermon and an address friday service at m in evening saturday left m at three thirty a m reached p at six p m service sunday left p at one a m reached c at two thirty a m services at seven nine and ten a m left c at eleven fifty a m reached a at six p m services at night and next morning monday reached c at three p m services afternoon and evening 
tuesday drove to m services at night wednesday left for l at six a m services at ten thirty a m three thirty and seven thirty p m left l at eleven p m thursday reached the station at four a m after driving thirty two miles lay down on the platform and went to sleep until the arrival of the way freight five thirty a m n b this was a common practice in summer i have had many sound sleeps on station platforms with a valise for a pillow and the open sky for a cover on freight all day reached w at seven thirty p m services in the evening and next morning friday rode ten miles to catch express arrived at c at six p m services and wedding rehearsal that night saturday services at seven a m baptismal service at eight forty five services at nine a m rode five miles into indian territory to baptize and admit to the communion a dying man baptized his wife and children rode back to church solemnized a marriage took train for s at two p m services at eight p m sunday services at seven nine ten and eleven a m left at one p m for w services at night monday drove twelve miles for country service all night ride to l tuesday convocation at l wednesday reached h two weddings in afternoon services at night thursday met the bishop in the afternoon drove fifteen miles to r services friday services at m saturday services afternoon and evening at w sunday services at eight ten and eleven a m at m again drove twelve miles for afternoon service at w returned in time for services at m at seven thirty p m monday i rested there are dozens of missionaries and clergymen out west who would regard a trip like that as nothing at all i did not mind it much myself in three years by actual count i travelled over ninety one thousand miles by railroad wagon and on horseback preaching or delivering addresses upward of eleven hundred times besides writing letters papers making calls marrying baptizing and doing all the other endless work of an itinerant missionary and that reminds me of the question so often asked what is an archdeacon he is a man who helps the bishop do just the sort of things i have described most people are familiar with the answer of the english bishop who was requested by parliament to define the duties and work of an archdeacon whereupon he sapiently replied that the principal work of an archdeacon was to perform archdiaconal functions a friend of mine put it rather cleverly this way considering a deacon as a minister or server an archdeacon bears the same relation to a deacon as an archfiend does to a fiend he is the same thing only more so it was difficult for the people in the little towns to get the title straight and i was usually advertised as the archbishop on one occasion when inquiry was made by some one as to what an archbishop was this reply was given why an archbishop is a kind of a boss of the bishop the bishop and the clergy got hold of this story and they called me the boss until i felt like a politician the official title of an archdeacon is the venerable 
people who did not know me would learn that much and make careful preparation for the reception of an old decrepit man warm beds bright fires easy chairs etc when i appeared they would look upon me as a fraud because i was only venerable officially i enjoyed the comforts just the same such a reception was better than being ushered into a stone-cold best room and left with the cheerful remark that no one had slept in the room since grandmother died as i crept into bed i did not wonder the poor old lady had expired i felt like it myself speaking of missions a moment since reminds me of an appreciative remark with which i was greeted by a nice old colored sister at the close of one of my missions which had been held in this instance in a colored church this turbaned aged lady at the close of the service grasped me by the hand and said god bless you for your love brother and oh god bless you for your brains i always valued that saying very highly and that reminds me of another old colored woman of my acquaintance who belonged to the methodist church though she was the sexton of our church the methodists were having a revival during which this old woman felt called upon to make a prayer she commenced with the stern spirit of an ancient puritan and closed with the tenderness of an old southern mammy oh lord take de sinners up see and shake em and over de fears of hell but please lord don't drop em i used to meet many interesting characters upon the trains once when i was taking a little relation to visit his grandmother we came back from the dining-car to our seats in the coach on the b and m road late in the evening and found the brakeman sitting in one of them with a little story i had been reading sunset pass by captain king in his hand he immediately arose and handed me the book oh no i said sit still and read a little if you wish to no sir he replied resuming his seat i never read any more novels while i am on duty because of something that happened to me once oh said i scenting a story how was that well sir i was readin a story one day twas a blamed good story too name of it was white cloud or red cloud this next station always reminds me of the name we were nearing white cloud station seems to me that captain main reed wrote it anyhow i was breakin on a freight on the wabash rear-end brakeman we ran off the main line onto a sidin to wait for the fast express to pass us by it was a lonesome little place and i was sent back to throw the switch for the express train she was late and i walked along to the switch readin as i went and would you believe it parson i never throwed that doggone switch at all just sat down on the bank under a tree and read away all of a sudden i heard the whistle of the express and here she was a-comin round the bend like like well she was makin forty miles an hour maybe and at that minute i seen the target of the switch was pointin straight at me and i knew that switch wasn't throwed and in a minute she'd be crashin into that freight and there'd be trouble gosh parson i tell you i dropped that fool novel and put for that switch and i got it too but i hadn't no more than throwed it over than the front wheels of that there engine passed over it twas a mighty close call well what did you do with the book did you ever finish the story i asked no i just sat there on the bank trembling till the conductor called me into the caboose and i never picked up the book again just left it there by the road never finished the story either 
just then the train rushed around a bend in the track and we came in sight of the missouri river looking stealthy and treacherous enough with its white sandbars showing grim and ghastly under the night mist which a faint moonlight seemed to render more eerie than ever the boy clapped his little hands together and exclaimed oh uncle the river see the moon shining on those things in the water what are they those are sandbars i replied and that is a very miserable sort of a river anyway my boy yeah said the brakeman i heard a man say t'other day that there was just two things god almighty didn't take no notice of there were two wicked for him one was blank city and the other the missouri river say little feller taking the little lad in his arms and lifting him on his lap come here to me and let me look at you you know i had a little girl like you once same kind of eyes and yeller hair only twas curly and fair complexion too just like him preacher where is she now asked the boy looking interestedly at his new friend she's dead my boy gosh it most killed me stranger she took sick of it tuesday and died a wednesday i know somebody that's dead remarked the boy gravely do you little feller who may that be my mamma he replied and we all looked at each other in silence while the train sped on swiftly through the moonlit night one touch of nature makes the whole world kin is that touch a community of sorrow i wonder speaking of little boys reminds me of another lad about whom a friend of mine told me he belonged to a family who had trained him to believe in the deep-water form of baptism like the boy who tried it on the dog he was experimenting with the household cat and a bucket of water the animal evidently did not believe in immersion for she resisted bit scratched and clawed and used bad language in the cat tongue of course finally the little boy with his hands covered with scratches and with tears in his eyes gave up the effort to effect the regeneration of the cat doggone you he cried notice the nice choice of epithets in the use of the word dog go and be an episcopal cat if you want to the way the women worked for the church out west was a marvel one old lady who supported herself meagerly by the hardest kind of daily labor decided to raise the money for the west window of a little chapel we were building and also to purchase an organ herself she was nearly threescore years old yet with indomitable spirit she went from house to house and from farm to farm walking five miles sometimes into the country and being thankful to get ten cents for the purpose ten cents which often represented a large sum of money to the poor farmer the sturdy fearless old woman asked everybody she caught one wayfarer who stepped off the train to get a breath of air at the station and said she would hold him by the lapel of his coat until he gave her a dime which he promptly did one man offered her a nickel in response to her appeal but she said it was against her principles to put down less than a dime upon her book and if he could only afford to give her a nickel she would add five cents from her own funds and put it down as a dime from him whereupon he immediately gave her a dollar she succeeded in completing both her undertakings in the end and her chief happiness thereafter was to sit under the window and listen to the music of the organ 
i was sitting on the steps of the church feeling rather melancholy about our slow progress one day when i noticed the old woman coming around the corner with a large sack upon her shoulders she was busily engaged in picking up bits of wood and chips from the wayside staggering along under her burden good gracious said i what on earth are you doing oh she said it is you mr brady well sir i needed some kindling and it just occurred to me if i could take my sack and go around these new buildings and gather up enough chips to equal a load of cobs why i could take the dollar and fifty cents the cost of the cobs and put it into the window fund don't you think that's fair i thought it was very fair speaking of music reminds me of the difficulty we often had in getting people to sing in the services i have sung duets myself with the organist until the organist got tired and quit for which i could hardly blame her under the circumstances and that reminds me of a man who was the possessor of the most versatile voice i ever had the pleasure of listening to and his courage was as high as his voice was various we were supposed to have a quartet choir in that mission but if any of the singers happened to be absent it made no difference in the music for the man with the comprehensive voice could and would sing any part i have actually known him to sing the soprano solo of the anthem and then immediately after sing the bass solo carrying a few bars of the alto part and wind up with the chorus all by himself twas nobly done though the effect was startling and the music never failed when he was there i spoke of the faithful work of the women once in a while we got hold of laymen who did equally good services in fact i know one church in which everything was done by the men even to the cutting out of the red hangings of the chancel which they decorated with crosses cut out from yellow cloth which they pasted or fastened with tacks to the other the effect was good enough though it was not embroidery the men were the dominant factors in that mission and it was one of the best in the diocese never having a bit of trouble within its borders until the women took hold there was a lay reader who conducted services in another mission he had been a stout old soldier in his day and was a first-class man but his knowledge of hebrew was limited and his pronunciation of unfamiliar bible names was a thing at which to marvel when he opened the bible on one occasion to read the lesson he could not find the place which was in one of the minor prophets great stumbling-blocks to more experienced men by the way and after turning the pages nervously for some minutes in the face of a tittering congregation he finally opened the book at random and began to read as ill-luck would have it he lighted upon one of the genealogical chapters in ezra the second he struggled along through half a column of hebrew names and finally turned the last leaf in the hope that there would be a change in the substance of the chapter on the other side what he saw proved too much for him for after one frightened glance he closed the reading in this way and a page and a half more of the same kind brethren here endeth the first lesson end of chapter five